Yo, 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 what's going on? Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so glad you're here because I'm about to share with you an interview with, uh, man, a, a life changer to say the very least. His name is Chris Borghese. Chris is um, a, a return guest to the show. He and his wife, Tara, were on here uh, probably about a year and a half ago. And I decided to bring Chris back and take a little bit more of a male-centered kind of approach. And so we had a very robust conversation. We talked about um, building intimacy. We talked about trust and like. I mean, guys, the stuff he said about trusting someone and liking someone in a relationship, I've never heard before. And my mind was absolutely blown. I mean, that that was, it was so fantastic. And, uh, and then we talked about some of the nuances of communication in a marriage and all that kind of stuff. This guy is a fireball of energy, so much fun. And you almost kind of feel like Chris is like the party guy, you know, like he's just, he's always down for a good time and he's super excited about everything and he really cares about people. And then you, it it almost catches you off guard when he opens his mouth because he is chock full of wisdom, wisdom and revelation that I believe is divinely inspired by the Holy Spirit. So this is a really rich interview. You're going to glean a lot. If you are in a marriage you probably should get some of their resources, get your hands on it because they'll be unbelievably useful. And if not, uh, maybe if you're single or you're dating or you're engaged, well, their resources are going to help you prepare for marriage. And, you know, to be frank, like if you're anything but single, they're going to help you in your current relationship. And look, if you're single, then this is a good way for you to, to get some mindsets going. And I'll tell you this, when I was single, I listened to a lot of marriage content because I wanted to get the right paradigms and the right ways to think about things long before I actually entered the relationship. And I can tell you firsthand that served me unbelievably well. And I know that'll be the case for you as well. So without further ado, guys, let's jump in. Here's my interview with Chris Borghese. So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts, all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships, and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Okay, well, I'm here with my main man, Chris Borghese, and you are no stranger to the the family here. You and Tara were on the podcast a little while back, and you've also done a, a great talk with my clients, and, um, and I just appreciate what you're doing, man. You guys are pioneering something I think really special. There's a great infusion of disc profiles and biblical principles. You're an ordained pastor, and then just like general knowledge or principles about healthy relationships and marriage. So I love what you're doing. So welcome to the show, man. It's good to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Man, you are doing this. This is uh, just a a space that is very much needed, especially within marriages. So thank you for all of what you're doing, Sathya. You are a a world changer. And thank you for so much for taking this. This is a difficult topic and you're heading it. You're hitting it straight on. So thank you for doing that. Oh, that, that's really kind. And I, I feel the same way about you and Tara and what you guys are up to. Um, and Tara is amazing. We had a really good interview the last time you were both on. 
But I wanted to hit the husband angle today. I want to really go after it. We'll dive in a little bit deeper. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. The one thing that I don't even know if we touched on this in the last interview, but you and Tara are DISC certified um, to, you know, administer the DISC profile. And you guys have helped my, Shaloma and I, you know, we did a couple sessions with you guys. It was really insightful to, you know, do our profiles and talk about sort of the obvious areas of friction. And I know, I know people might be wondering, like, what's the connection here? Like personality profiles, you know, marriage coaching and consulting, but you guys have seemed to like, I, I mean, you guys have really put a stake in the ground. Like if you're going to work with us, you got to get this stuff figured out with the disc profile, because it seems like that's sort of the bedrock of everything. Can you just, let's start there. Like, why is that so important to you guys? Yeah, so the DISC is uh, an acronym, uh, the DISC, D for dominant. I have a little chart here. I don't know if you can see it. D is yeah, for yeah. dominant, I is for inspiring, S is for supportive, and C is for cautious. And the reason why we have gone through the DISC, you know, Tara and I have been through the ringer when it comes to marriage. We've, we've tried them all, the Enneagrams, the Myers-Briggs, the Strength Finders. And what we've liked about the DISC is it allows you to understand yourself and your spouse and, and give you tools to be able to communicate effectively, hmm. you know, because 90% get that 90% of all couples are exactly the opposite. And then we're no different. Me and Tara exact are 100% opposite. So <laughs> when we found the disc, it really was our first, it was our first um, spotlight on being self-aware or one of hmm. the first. Because it allowed, it should. I mean, we went down the alley of triggers and boundaries and patterns, but it all pointed to this: the disc. Hmm. We respond to other people. We we have triggers according to how we're wired. So you see, Proverbs twenty five two talks about you know where it's the it's the privilege of of God to conceal things, but it's the privilege of us, the kings, to be able to to reveal them. And so that's what we're do- that's what we're doing with the disc model of human behavior. So again, you know why we chose a disc. It allows us to understand ourselves, understand each other, and gives us the tools to be able to communicate. But but here's the deal. Here's what the disc is all about. The disc allows you to not pigeonhole you, not label you, but give you the tools to be able to help um, communicate effectively. Because isn't that yeah. the because what I found is that, you know, for me, and I permission to be real here, <laughs> we're having a dude talk. Fire, fire away, man. So uh, permission to be real. I struggled with porn. I was, I was traveling on the road four weeks out of four out of a month. And yes, I was called the weekend where I did that for years, but mm. I was running. I didn't understand myself. I didn't understand Tara because there was so much pain in the uh, in the ability for us to connect i just got on a plane whether i needed to or not i found i found reasons to be able to travel and so what i would do is i would go to these hotels and and surf the internet and surf surf uh, bad movies and so it was just maddening until until this until i understood myself hmm. a little bit more why i run you see in a nutshell if we're being real here in a nutshell when we don't when couples don't connect, now get this. This is probably the most important piece of this whole of this whole discussion. When couples don't connect, when there's a disconnect, when they're not connected, sort of like 
You know, like when you're plugging something into a wall and there's that disconnection, you, there's, no, there's no electric in, in that, whatever you're plugging in, there's no electric. There's no electric in a marriage. We will run to counterfeit affections. Mm, we will run yes. to pleasure. And this is what I found, what I was doing in those hotel rooms. I was running. Because I didn't understand myself. I didn't understand Tara. I, was, I wasn't connecting with Tara. And because, like I've said, 90% of all couples are exactly opposite. It's it's not that we fall out of love. I yeah. loved her. It's I wasn't connecting. To her. I didn't understand her. You know, after the years go by, you know, at first, you know, it's, it's great. We don't understand why we are attracted to the opposite. But we are. You know, I had yeah. something she had, she wanted, and and she had something that I wanted. I we didn't know it, but then after some for some people it was two weeks, for for us it was ten <laughs> years. We just didn't understand each other, and that was the big uh, the reason why I ran to that to that uh, the porn addiction. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. This, I mean, so many different points here that I imagine most of our audience resonates with. The first is that you marry your opposite. Opposites attract, right? And you said 90% are complete opposite. I'm guessing that's by their disc profile. Like they're right, like they're basically inverses of each other, which makes perfect sense to me. And I imagine the other 10%, there's still a lot of differences. And that's just the nature of relationships. So it's interesting that basically by getting into more uh, intimate relationships, you are setting yourself up for conflict. Like it literally comes part and parcel. And most of us, especially like when we're young, early in marriage, we don't have the tools and the skill sets to handle that level of conflict. Like I consider myself to be pretty decent at conflict resolution. I was not ready for the conflict resolution that was required in marriage. Like I really had to up my game and, and dig into that stuff way more than ever before. And I'm now I'm kind of, um, I'm connecting dots or I'm reading between the lines, but it sounds to me like if people can't learn to manage their differences, especially in a relationship, what happens is it leads to disconnection and where there's disconnection, people will always cope one way or the other. And sometimes that's healthy. Unfortunately, most times it's not. And maybe the number one go-to in coping with relationship distress is pornography. Did I, did I summarize that accurately, Chris? Am I doing okay so far? Yeah, you're doing great. And that's what, exactly right. We'll run to something. We call I call it counterfeit affection, whether it's mm. porn, whether it's alcohol, whether it's some addiction. We will run every time because when there's no purpose, when there's no connection, we're going to run the pleasure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh, for you, uh, now that you've shared your own story, I can't help but ask. So you you had this struggle, but like you said, the weekend warrior on the road most of the week. And again, you can just see how that's a recipe for all kinds of challenges. Um, did, did Tara find out? Did you come clean? How did that whole process go about? Yeah, I had to come clean. And uh, I just, I admitted to her. And you know, you know, one of the things I would do, because this was in the early 2000s when uh, before cell phones, when it was so accessible, I would actually, because I did come clean. I said, look, Tara, this is what's going on. I actually would call up the hotel that I was staying at and remove the TV because I knew it was a temptation for me. Wow. I would have them remove. And that was a pain of, you know what, for yeah. people to, to, have the, to have the maintenance people to go and remove the TV. I mean, yeah. these were just flat screens. These were the big honking. Oh, the big CRTs. Yeah, I yeah. Had, I had to get a cart to carry it out. So... <laughs> Yeah, so we had to come clean, and then that's that's really 
uh, really coming clean was really the the breakthrough that I needed. And when we had that honest discussion, that uh, okay, then we could actually solve the problem. Yeah. So uh, sorry. I just want, sorry, I just want to pause you for a sec because I'm you're glossing over something that I think is really important. I tell guys that when you're married, if you're struggling with porn, there's only two ways out of this. You either confess or you get caught, right? Choice is yours. Can you can you just um just so that they can hear real real time from someone who's not Sathya, what was Tara's response when you did confess? Because it's not all daisies and roses. They're not like, oh, thank you so much. I'm glad you told me. And now I can trust you again. Um, but can you just paint us a picture? And why did she decide to stick around? Why did she not leave you when you confessed your error? Well, she she appreciated the honesty and she realized that, um, you know, we all have struggles, we all have issues. And once we, okay, so there's an evolution of understanding for her. And initially she was hurt, yeah. right? Yeah. But initially she was hurt, like, why wasn't I good enough? Why wasn't I, Is it's, why were we not connecting? Mm. And so, so with that though, she's decided to stay because that was the commitment. You know, we, we say that commitment is like um, like a high wire act. When someone's practicing, when, when the person's in the high wire and they're practicing, there's a safety net. They know that I'm not going to fall to my death if I try this death-defying act because yeah. I know the safety net is there. And that's what commitment is about. You know, whether she stayed because she loved me or whether maybe she had her issues, we all have issues. And so we, once we come to that realization, it allows grace to come in and to cover it because God exposes the weaknesses so that his grace can overpower it. Mm, yeah. And so that's what really happened in that situation is that grace came in and grace for her to be able to stick through this grace for me to be able to overcome it because mm. once, once it was exposed then 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 you can actually then your energy is now st stopping on trying to hide it your energy is now solving the problem mm. this is why i love what you're doing because yeah. it's solving the problem and yeah. so and uh, because the energy is now like, oh, i'm gonna hide it. i'm gonna hide it. i'm gonna i'm not gonna tell anyone i'm not I'm gonna i'm gonna clear out my cash i'm gonna whatever I'm, the phone i'm it, there's just so much mental space and so much energy and so much thought that goes in in so much deceitfulness just come clean yeah come clean and and so when that happened tara just she had options she could have said hey yeah yep. i got this but she chose to stay because you know a she's had her issues and b she grace came in yeah grace came in. she understood me that you know the way i approached it wasn't i didn't approach it it was her fault mm -hmm. it was all on me yeah when I approached yeah. it, it was all me. I didn't approach it. This is all your fault. You know, we can play the blame game, but here's the deal with that blame game. When, when you blame other people, you're giving away all of the power in your relationship to that other person. And that's not healthy. You're mm. giving away all of your power. When you when you say it's, well, I, I looked at this stuff because my wife wasn't wasn't there for me. Or I was looking at my stuff, I was looking at this stuff because I was nervous, I was stressed, I was traveling. No, no, bro, it was all me. Yeah. It was all me. It was yeah. all me. All me. Because when there's something's broken inside of me, 
we like to say, like when it comes to relationship and connection, is that if we play the blame game, when, when, when we're offended, now get this, when we're offended, it's not because of what other people say, it's something's broken inside of here. Hmm. It's just like in porn. When you're looking at something, it's not because of what other people are doing or what, it's because something is broken in here. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, that's so good, man. So um, I know we could talk about, because I, I, I hear what you're saying, which is that sort of at the bed of all this is the disconnection, right? Like I think if we were in fluid, dynamic, healthy connections with each other, with God 24 seven, you would see the porn viewership plummet. You would see divorce rates decline. Like I, th I think we know that. And I think a lot of people, like they, we always talk about like, you know, what are the typical fights about? Finances, raising kids, handling in-laws, religion, right? Politics, like you can, you know, like these are pretty predictable. But I think what I like about your guys' approach is like, it's not like, okay, how do we get you to budget and get on the same page about finances or whatever? Like the disc profile sounds a lot more causal. So that it's like, no matter what issue you're talking about, if you guys are on completely opposite ends of the spectrum, if you have some of these tools and resources, you can actually work through them. So can you give us an example of, whether it's you and Tara or maybe couples you've worked with, where here are their disc personality profiles, they're clearly opposites or they clearly have these obvious points of friction. And here's how they were able to use their profiles and work through a subject like finances or raising kids that otherwise would have been dicey. Yeah, that's such a good question. So they, okay, I'm going to use us because we're the epitome of, of we're the, we're the um, examples of, of total opposites. So okay. I'm on this profile. Remember D is for dominant. I is for inspiring. S is for supportive and C is for cautious. Okay. The T's and the C's are task oriented. The I's and the S's are people oriented. So I'm up here. I, I'm people oriented. Tara is a C. She's task oriented. And we are the exact opposite. So here's a very good case in point. You know, in the morning time, you know, I have lots of energy. I've been up since like this morning. I was up since 2.30. Figuring things what? out. Two thirty. Yes. <laughs> oh my no, gosh. I know. I know. But but see, that's the thing. I, I wake up. I already have. By the time breakfast for other people, it's lunchtime for me. But but, but here's Dude, the that's like Mark say. Wahlberg stuff. I'm impressed. I didn't know that about you. Suffice <laughs> it to say that in the morning time, if I come to Tara with all of my energy. All my great ideas, all my hype, and like, hey, let's go, come on, in motivation, because this is what an I does. Now I'm I'm gonna slow it down here, as you can see. I'm demonstrating to you what I have to do in the mornings. Yeah, I'm in the morning time because she's in a C. She's cautious. She's more reserved. I'm more outgoing, right? And so because right. of that, if I come to her with one of my brilliant ideas in the morning time with all my energy, with all my hype, with all of my eh, high fives, it's not going to go well for me. So mm. I have to adapt. I adapt to her. I don't lose myself. Mm. That's the key. I'm not mm. losing. I'm still high. I, I'm still have high energy, but I'm choosing. Now get this. I'm choosing to adapt because I love her. Mm. I want the connection. Yeah. It's 
easy for me to talk to her in a manner that is right for me. That's natural for me. It's natural for me to have high energy. It's natural for me to be optimistic. It's natural for me to give high fives and to get people motivated. It's natural for me to be optimistic, but it's not natural for me to slow down. If I come to her with her, my with my facts, now get this, this is so important. If I come, because this is this is the reality of how you can connect. If I can come to her in the morning time with my facts and my figures, after I've had these, one of these brilliant ideas about the company, yeah. if I come to her with that, she's going to say, wow, that's awesome. I now trust you. Because remember, the D's and the C's are task-oriented. Mm, and the I's right. and S's are people-oriented. So for her to, she has to trust me to like me. <laughs> I have to like wow. her, trust her. Oh, wow. Okay. And so because of that, how do I gain her trust? That's my role. That's on me. I'm the spiritual leader. That's on me. Uh, I can't blame her for not being me. So yeah. I have to gain her trust. So what do I do? In the mornings, I slow down. And in the mornings, if I have a great idea, I have to come to her with research, with an analysis, with facts, with figures. And when I do that, it builds a connection because intimacy doesn't start in the bedroom. It starts at the breakfast table. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's a word, man. So you, so she has to, to trust you to like you. Yes. And the way she trusts you is by getting communication at her level, which is more facts and figures or, you know, things that speak to that task oriented part of her. And once she gets that, then she trusts you. And because she trusts you, therefore, she likes you. And yes. your personality profile is the opposite. So you like the ideas, the creativity that gets you excited, that makes you like some, someone else. And because you like them, you trust them. Yes. I, in order for her now, now for her to gain my trust, I have to like her. Well, how do, you, right. how do I like her? I have to have a warm environment. I have to see her smile. She yeah. practices this. She absolutely <laughs> practices in the mirror. Smile because that's what I like. I like to know that she likes me, that she touches me, that she she's into me, that she's a warm, friendly environment. She's going to raise up her, her, um, her speed a little bit. So I will like her. Yeah. And when I like her, then I will trust her. But if she's never smiling, if she's always about facts and figures, I'm not going to know if she likes me or not. Mm. Like, bro, do you, do you, are you into me? Do you even like me? I talked to a guy just the other day. He he can't stand his wife. I'm like, bro, did you, were you like that when you were first married? Oh, no. Like, you didn't fall out of love with her. And I went through this whole scenario. And um and he was like floored, mind blown, because it's so simple. It's so simple, we miss it. Mm. It's so simple, we miss it. We need to be more psychological. Well, you know, how about triggers and how about patterns and how about boundaries? Well, this is where we went down within our coaching business and our helping couples get their get their relief is, is th thinking that we had to have something more psychological, bro. The Bible talks about if come to me, all the little children, you have to have childlike faith. 
He keeps it simple. Just be a child. Hmm. And so that's what we do. We help people understand through the disc model of human behavior how to connect. And when that happens, there won't be a reason. Yeah. For men to go outside for pleasure or whatever, because now they feel valued. They feel yep. heard. They feel understood. Both of us in that scenario that I just gave, where I slow down and I have facts and figures and where she speeds up and, and smiles, then we're both feeling valued. We're both feeling heard. We're both feeling understood. And when that happens, there's no need. There's no oh, need. Man. That's so good. It's so interesting. This has been a big learning curve for me in marriage is I I came in um I came in with like a sibling paradox. So with your siblings, you know, it's like well, if I do it this way, you have to do it too or like the the rules are are like kind of the similar the same because you're being raised by the same parents. So I I had that paradigm like, you know, this is the household like somehow the rules are dictated and then everybody follows the same rules. And one of the hardest things in marriage for me has been learning that Shaloma and I operate by different rules, right? We're different people. Uh, we have different upbringings. And those paradigms that exist within our psyche and our personas, they're, they're completely different. So what you're giving here is actually a great example of that, of like, I would be the person of, I have to trust you and then I like you uh, for sure. And... I think naturally we would assume that to be the same. Like, I don't know if you ever did that. I don't know if you assumed that Tara was just wired the same way. And so you, we tend to speak then to, we speak our languages to that person. So I remember I used to try to do that, right? I used to try to get, I would show Shalom that I'm trustworthy. Therefore, I'd assume she liked me and I was not getting traction. So, but I've never heard this language before. So this is really helpful. It's giving me some, some new concepts here to sort of articulate that dynamic a bit. Um, let me ask you like, so Chris, when, when, when Tara is maybe she's having a tough day and she's not, she's not really giving off the vibe of like, uh, I like you, you know, she's not really speaking to that thing. Um, this is the one thing that I've seen people do with personality tests that I kind of despise, um, is that the, it's like, oh, well, you're not doing, you know, your part, you're the, you're the C in the relationship. And you know I'm a D and you should, or you know I'm an I and you should be, you know, whatever, whatever. If you're not going to do your part, I'm not going to do mine either. And we all know how just, that's just exacerbating the dysfunction. How do guys, um, how do guys use these tools to actually improve their connection on those, on those days when maybe the other partner is not holding up their end of the deal or is having a tough day or, you know, whatever. What, what do guys need to do to really dig in and man up and, be the bigger person in those moments when it's really quite challenging? Yeah, that's such a good question. I get this all the time. I get it actually from a lot of the D men because they're dominant. Like, well, yes. Like, the question is that why don't, why do I have to change? Why do I have to adapt? Why didn't she have to adapt? You know, and so, so here it is. And this is where it's, it's, it's going to be a little brutal. It's going to, this is the, the reality of it all. If two people do nothing or two people don't change, nothing's going to change, right? Mm -hmm. It's our role as men to be the spiritual leaders of our home. We are to be ambassadors for Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.20. How am I going to show Tara God by, by putting conditions on her? By, you know, if you're not going to do this, well, and I'm not going to do this. No, someone... You know, we have a conflict cycle wheel and we have two points where you can get off this wheel. 
and this wheel is 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 where she can get off or I can get off. One of them, one of us have to get off, or we're going to have conflict. We're going to be yelling, screaming, fighting, and it's not going to go well for any of us. Hmm. So we have a choice to be able to say, "I'm going to be the bigger person." Somebody has to be in control. And what I say to answer your question is that because we're the spiritual leader, we have to be in control. It doesn't seem fair. Ask Jesus if it was fair as he took all those beatings for all of us. It wasn't fair for him. He did it because he loved people. You love your wife. It doesn't seem fair. If or, or maybe it does, you know, they're, they're having a bad day. It's sympathy. You know, one of the things that I, I'm that helps me is that is empathy. It's the number one strength finder that I have is empathy is being able to put yourself. Here's the here's the key. The key is there's so many keys here. Um, <laughs> being able to put yourself in their shoes, see life through their perspective. And when you can do that, then then you can adjust, you can adapt. It's it, it's not about you. It's not mm. about selfishness. It's about this is the practical way of how you can incorporate 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 7, the love chapter. How does it love is patient? Love is kind. Love does not keep no records of wrong. This is where, this is the practical tools of how you do that. When you can understand that Tara is exactly opposite, and it's my role to show her God, no matter what. If she punches me in the face, if she's had a bad day, if she yells at me, screams at me, doesn't matter. Yeah. Somebody yeah. has to take the initiative. And because we're the men of the household, it all starts with me. Yeah. You know, it, it yeah, it's it has to start with someone. And, and so I have chosen in my life, in our relationship, to be that person, yeah. to be that bigger person. And so that's just a choice that we have to make, all of us. As men. That's good. That's really good. You said something earlier. You said intimacy starts at the breakfast table, not the bedroom. And I like where you're going with that. I've told this story before, but when Shaloma and I were first married, like we'd been married two weeks and we went on a road trip down to Nashville for another friend's wedding with there was like a group of eight of us and we were the only married couple. There was another couple that had been dating for a long time and then a bunch of single guys and a couple single girls. And we stayed at this big Airbnb and we were all getting ready for the wedding. So, you know, the guys were putting on their suits and the girls are doing their hair and putting on their dresses. And Shaloma popped into the room just for like 20 seconds. And she was like, Hey babe, how do I look? And I looked at her and I was like, babe, you look amazing. Wow. And, uh, you know, she had a smile on her face and she walks back in the room. And I just kind of nudged the guy beside me. I said, you see that? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, that's foreplay. And they burst out laughing. You know, they thought it was so funny. But I was making a point. You know, the point I was making is that, like, th these little things all matter. And I think guys guys sometimes get so focused on the act itself of that they forget everything is connected, especially for women. Everything else is connected. The way you've been treating her the last week, you know, she may not, she may not consciously remember it, but trust me, her heart is is keeping track of all this stuff, and all of that leads to these different kind of moments. And I'm I'm wondering if we can get maybe a bit practical and tactical with the audience. Do, do you have anything in particular, like you mentioned, you know, really uh, catering your temperament in the mornings? so that she's not getting bombarded by, you know, the hurricane that is Chris Borghese of energy and excitement and inspiration. Um, there's a place for that for sure. And, and you've learned to kind of find the right places so that she feels like you're matching her level. 
Are there other practical things that guys can do on a day-to-day or, you know, week-to-week basis that put deposits in the account so that when the moments do arise and um, and sexual activity is is on the table that, you know, there's, there's, I guess, a little bit of equity in the relationship, so to speak, that they're pulling from rather than, you know, it's just like, I'm horny, let's do it now. Um, are, are there, is there anything practical that maybe guys wouldn't expect that can actually really help in this area? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, we, we go through a lot um, with our couples. We help couples understand. Okay, so Proverbs 18.21 talks about death and life from the power of the tongue. Mm-hmm. That is so true. We're either, So what that means is that we're either speaking death or we're speaking life, right? And so the number one thing I would say is that you can't be selfish. You can't be selfish. I can't be selfish. No one can be selfish in this arena. It's Ephesians 5.25 says, for husbands to love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up. So with that mentality, I have learned the secrets to be able to say, okay, or or our, our program helps couples be able to, you know, put in words that they would have, like, how do you communicate? How do you restore? How do you uh, spend money? And so practically, you know, what I found is that how do you have, because see what I have, what we've discovered is that in order to have a healthy healthy relationship, healthy relationship is this, being able to talk about any topic without offense and without fear. Hmm. And so Hmm. what that means in order to do that, you have to be able to create a good healthy environment to have that first section to have a conversation yeah because as you know uh, you can't if you have a flat tire or yes there i'm sure there's some things you you can control but if you change it but if you run over a nail whether you have a new tire or an old tire it's going to pop and so there's so many things in life that we can't control there's so many things but what we can control and here's the encouragement is the environment to have a healthy conversation. Mm-hmm. For example, I like a warm, friendly environment. I don't want to be a situation where I feel someone doesn't like me. If you're going to if me and Tara are going to have a, a warm, a, a good conversation, she's going to come with me and we can, and we, we, we go through this with couples. How do you like to have a healthy conversation? What's your communication style? She likes, you know, more direct the facts and figures that like we've talked about. I like to have more and friendly. So when we adapt to each other's environment, then we can have a healthy conversation. And the goal here is to become unoffendable. Hmm. Wow. Because we, we know if offense happens, people will get, well, you said this and I, and we get what's triggered, you know, and that fancy word, but it's because there's something broken inside of here. And so when we understand that through the disc model of human behavior, understand that that's the first exposure. Oh man, there's some stuff I got to get rid of because I don't want to be offended. I don't want to have fear. I I, fear keeps me. And I did this for many years, shove things underneath the rug. Don't talk about it because then I'll have a two headed monster rather than one headed monster. I don't want that. So, um, 
So yeah, so a practical way is being able to to say, okay, here's a good, healthy, here's how she likes to be communicated. Here's how I like to be communicated with. And when you can understand that, when you can put a framework around that, then you can have success. And that's what it's all about is having success and be able to have these healthy connections uh, to be able to, um, you know, to have healthy relationships. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's a that's a really good response. And I think, um, yeah, it's a it's a work in progress, right? Like nobody, nobody nails this stuff and figures it out. So uh, remind me now, how long have you and Tara been married? We'll be 31 years in September on September 19th. So. Okay. Okay, cool. Cong- so early congratulations, because it's, uh, it's early August here at the time of this recording. I, I guess one of my questions, uh, one thing I've always found very valuable is asking people about the stuff that they're thinking about that are further ahead, you know, further down the line. And so you and I have gleaned from some amazing entrepreneurs, right? And the people that come and speak to us about their business, they're further ahead than us. So it's always helpful to hear the stuff that they think about and what are they concerned with and whatever. I guess I'm curious. So you and Tara are about to hit 31 years. You just celebrated a huge milestone this past year, reaching 30 years. What are the kinds of things that you guys um, talk through these days, work through? What are the areas that, what are the things that you have to work on in a marriage when you're around this 30 year mark? Cause you know, Shaloma and I are still, we're still young ones over here, you know, three and a half, almost four years. It'll be September 8th for us is four years. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I guess I'm just curious. What, what are some of the things that are going on in, in your neck of the woods at, at 30 plus years? You'll be surprised because see, here's the thing. Here's what, here's what we tell couples. It's like, when Tar first married me, I'm a different person now. Yeah. 30 years ago, I was a different person than I am now, 31, 31 years. And so she's a different person. So a lot of the same things that we're still learning about each other because we're changing, we're evolving. But what what's the consistent thing about it is the fact that we're committed. Mm. So there's a deeper level of like, you know, we say that marriage is a sacred place for you to to work on things. Yeah. You see, your your bride, your spouse needs to have that mentality like I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. You're free. You're you're open. You can you can struggle and I'm not going anywhere. You can you can you can be real with me because it's a safe place. If you I get this if a couple can't get to the point where they are now able to share their hurts, their wounds, what's happened in the past in the marriage, it's the original small group. It's mm. the very first small group. If we can't do it with each other, it's going to be extremely hard to do it with other people. Now, I'm not saying you have to share all of your dirty laundry because there's some things that Tara will never understand. There's some things with guys that I share that I don't share with her because she may not understand the visual context of how we are wired and, and because they're not wired that way. Yeah. You know, for for me to click a link, it's like, Oh my gosh, look at that. Look at that. It's like, Oh my gosh, what am I doing? She's not, they're not, women are not wired that way. Yeah. That struggle. So those are types of things I'll go to guys. But when it comes to the struggle within to say, hey, look, this is what I need help on. She will pray for me. She will understand me. She yeah. will be there to support me. And she'll be my number one fan because that issue of leaving is off the table. That issue of, of 
of um, you having to be perfect, Chris, is off the table. Her yeah. having to be perfect. But there's a lot more grace. So what we talk about are really the same things, but in a different context, because we're always growing. If we're, mm -hmm. unless, unless of course you don't want to grow, well then, you know, like we had a couple come to us and said, this actual words, look, he's been married three times. He goes, I was married twice. I was correct twice. This is what he said. I'm correct <laughs> twice, but now I'm married. <laughs> I, which, which is what he's saying is I can be correct. Yeah. <laughs> but now I'm married. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, I was correct. So sometimes there's a give and take because we're we're all we're growing. We're yeah. learning. And so uh because of that, there's uh there's a there's a lot more grace and safety into in our conversations now. But it's typically this the same things. How do we have healthy com conversations? What are we doing for our future? Uh, how are we going to set ourselves up financially? How are we going to, you know, what are we going to do in these last 20, 30 years? You know, because I'm 60 now. It's like, I don't know how many summers I'll have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you still got plenty of years left, man. But I, I know what you mean, obviously. It's a, it's a different perspective. Um, I Oh, I had I had a question there. I had a follow-up and I'm, I'm losing it now. Oh, you know what? I, I remember now. So I was listening to Connor Beaton. He has an organization called Man Talks and, and a podcast. And he was interviewing uh, Dr. Robert Glover, uh, no more Mr. Nice Guy author. And uh, he's been on the podcast before and Connor is going to be on the podcast very soon, uh, which is really exciting. They were having a great conversation about the importance of men having same sex friends. So, you know, you were just commenting on the importance of, you know, really um, honoring the sanctity of marriage, investing into that connection, prioritizing it. And obviously, we've talked about a bunch of tools and, and frameworks to to do that successfully. What have you observed in your clients as far as, is there any correlation between, you know, when a guy has other friends, other male friends that he's doing life with and able to bounce questions off of regarding marriage and talk about, is there any correlation with the success in the marriage? Because I know for me, when I, I've had seasons so far in these four years, seasons where I've been more isolated and kind of a lone wolf and kind of figuring it out on my own and kind of being a little bit proud and not reaching out for help and also being a little bit consumed by business, if I'm being honest. And then I've had other seasons where it's like, man, I'm really integrated with my community and I'm asking questions and I'm great, getting great input from you know people like yourself. And I feel like I show up better in the marriage when that's the case. Uh, is there any correlation there? And I don't know if you have, do you have any commentary on that dynamic yourself? Because I, I feel like it's it's an issue right now. Yeah. You know, uh, yes, there is a very, a very direct correlation because it, if we can't be real in our married space, it's going to be hard to be real in other spaces. And so, so yes, the, both are hand in hand. I need to have, and I do have male friends who I tell the world to, but also have my marriage. And so there's definitely a correction. It, there's definitely a correlation. Here's what I liken it to. Men who don't have success. And I've been told this, Chris, relationships are a chick thing. <laughs> I said, bro, relationships are a human thing. Right. They're a human thing. And so what that means is a give and take, it's not a give and take, it's a, it's an understanding that I need, I need relationships. I need to have real authentic relationships with both my wife and with other men. Because it's gonna, it's gonna, it, it's gonna correlate. Because if I'm not real with one or the other, 
you have to be real with both. Yeah. In order to have success and because relationships are a human thing, not a chick thing. That's See, and good. that's where guys are hunting and grunting. I call it hunting and grunting because they don't really want to share. And let me just be real. It's harder for us guys. Even yeah. for an eye, oh, eye, yeah. eye, it's harder for us guys to be able to express why we do what we do. Yeah. And see, and that's what our women want. <laughs> our women want us to be able to, to be real. Why do you, or why are you angry? Why are you looking upon? Why are you, you know, and seeing this where the disc model is, is really one of the key things to be able to put a magnifying glass to understand why we do what we do. If we ignore it, it's going to be a detriment of, of whatever uh, relationships we have. But if we embrace it and realize it, just look, I'm in my journey. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm almost 60, but I'm still growing. I'm still learning. Yeah. I'm understanding to I'm understanding myself and we will never stop because we're always changing. And so uh, there is a, there is a direct correlation for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, my last question for you is something I've been asking all of the fathers that I've had the privilege of interviewing the last little bit, because as you know, Shaloma and I are expecting our first in October. And that's really thanks, man. Yeah, and that's really not that far away. Any tips or pieces of advice for someone like myself? And I know we have some listeners as well who are becoming first time fathers recently became first time fathers or, you know, anything just in general as well for fatherhood. I'm all ears, man. Give me, give me your best stuff. I'm, I'm taking notes here. Yeah. Realizing that they have, God has uniquely wired them. And it's our role as the leader, as the, as the parent to understand them and to talk to them in a manner that's worthy of their calling of how God has wired them. Mm, wow. It's, it's not fair to them. For example, you know, all three of my children are wired exactly opposite. And so we have to adjust the way we talk to Brady, talk to Amanda, talk to Drew, because they're wired so totally different. If you want to motivate them and don't want to have conflict and don't want to have like going off the rails and why are they doing this? It, it all starts. They, they may do that, but it's it's not going to be because of me, because I have dedicated my life to understand them. And when you can understand them and adjust and adapt, I'm telling you, the key is adapting. Hmm. The key is adapting, understanding and loving them well enough or knowing them or um, allowing yourself to know them well enough to be able to adapt Man. And, and reduce the selfishness. Hey, you're going to, I'm the father. Let me just give you a real quick story if I can. Please. The reason why we're so, our mentor, uh, Dr. Rome. He got into this 35 years ago because he couldn't get along with his daughter, Rachel. And every night he was like having a, having a fight with her at bedtime. It's like, what, what's going on here? Why are we? What? And so when he understood that, that he could get a different result based on the words that he spoke to her. And this is true with marriages. This is true with children. Yeah. So, so he's, she, she's a high D. And so he had to embrace like, like, look, Tiger, this is what he calls her. You're the boss. You're, you can decide whatever you want here, but the limit is 10 o'clock, but you can go to bed at 830. You can go to bed at 930. You can go to bed whenever you want. The limit is 10, but you're in charge. You're the boss. 
And when he did that, it made all the difference in the world. Okay. So the example here is, is when we adjust our communication, we can connect. Yeah. Man, that's so good. That's so, I, I legitimately took notes while you were talking. That was really helpful. Um, okay, let me ask a follow-up then because you're the marriage guy, so I'd be remiss if I didn't ask this. How do you protect the marriage while you raise kids? Because the the one thing, this has been honestly the most groundbreaking thing for me during this pregnancy, probably happened around month four or month five, is I was starting to have these concerns about like, oh man, you know, Shalom and I have a good marriage. Things are solid right now. Is this kid going to change everything? Am I going to be ready to have a kid? Um, how am I going to raise this kid? I don't know what I'm doing. You know, like just going through like the insecurities and the concerns and stuff that come up. And um, I also, I like my, my gut response was, man, I need to read more parenting books and listen to more parenting podcasts. And I, I heard the Holy Spirit stop me and say, Sathya, the way that the, the best thing you can do right now to prepare for fatherhood is so into your marriage. Because you can't actually control what your kid is like. You can't control the way his temperament, his persona. Like like you were just saying, like those are things that God is is wiring in him right now and they're beyond my control. But the one thing you can control is how you show up in the marriage and everything in this family needs to come from a strong, healthy, secure marriage. So it's really given me perspective. But I, I would say I'm, um, I've am i said yes and amen. I've said yes, Lord. I receive that in my heart, but I'm still learning how to carry that out practically and obviously nothing's even changed yet. You know, the kid's not even born. But do you have any tips on that front, on how to really protect the marriage going into this major life transition? Yeah, uh, realizing it's going to be the man's responsibility to understand this concept. And this is so good. is, is because we, we learned many years ago that, and we used to uh, teaching a, um, uh, at our church this, this concept, that children are a welcome addition. When you can mm. realize that that they're not the king, they're not the queen, they're a welcome addition. They're gonna mm. get get this. They're gonna get all of their strength, all of their security, from the security that mom and dad have. This is why we start with marriages, and every a hundred percent of our coaching clients goes to. I'm gonna work on this. Will, will you help my children? Will you help me connect with my children? Every one of them. <laughs> the, it starts with the marriage. It's the right. small group. And so it's like you said, how do you focus on it? By realizing that children are a welcome addition. And it's our role as men to not get caught up because it's going to be, it's going to be hard for Shaloma and for other, for women to say, okay, now they're the caretakers. This is, I got to take care of this child. They don't understand that, but it's for men to understand that, but yet men to do, to have those intimate conversations that I talked about. Mm. One that's not conflict ridden and one that's not, um, that is more palatable to their liking to a healthy environment to have a conversation about this fact that they need that the children are a welcome addition and this here they're going to get all their strength all their security from the from the relationship between mom and dad mm. so ultimately you're going to help them more by focusing on this marriage and realizing they're a welcome addition yeah 
Wow. Wow, man. Oh, so much good wisdom. Thank you. Thanks for uh, thanks for giving us some time today. If people want to find out more about you, Chris, they want to connect with what you guys are up to. What's the best way for them to do that? Well, we have um, a website called Marriage Insights Institute, where it's like we've talked about, um, Cynthia, we're taking, we had a B2C, which is consumer marriage revelation, but now we're switching it because um, different reasons where we switch it to Marriage Insights Institute, because we want to take this curriculum, which allows couples to be able to, to uh, understand each other. Um, we're taking the churches. And so you can connect with me by looking at the website and I'm a Chris at marriageinsightsinstitute.com. So those two things will help uh, be able to, you know, guide and direct and to be able to help couples understand, uh, you know, how to connect with us and how to improve their marriage and how to, how to connect at a way they've never connected before. Come on. That's awesome, man. Okay, we'll put those links in the show notes. In the meantime, uh, please say hi to Tara for me. And dude, thanks for your time today on the podcast. This was awesome. Well, thanks for having us, Cynthia. And uh, man, God bless you, my friend, because you are you are in the trenches and you are, you are making a difference in this world. And uh, that's what we want. Thanks, man. Okay, well, there you have it. Chris is the man. What can I say? The guy is a legend. Make sure that you go check out their website. Get your hands on everything and anything that you possibly can. These guys are gold mines. They are full of so much wisdom, um, so much really to uh, to offer the entire world. And I'm so grateful for Chris and his time with us. And look, if you're listening to this and maybe you know that no matter what you do to improve your marriage, that there's always going to be this porn thing and that is going to cause most of the issues, if not all the issues. And that's what you need to focus on first. We have a system. It's called Deep Clean. And this is literally our tried, tested, and true system for helping men resolve the root issues of their addiction. Uh, we give you coaching one-on-one. We give you group coaching. We give you a lifetime access to our course, our community, a whole bunch of stuff. But really, it all is based on our tried and tested system. And so if that's something you're interested in, or you at least want to know more about it, there's a link in the show notes to book a call with someone on my team. I'd love for you to do that. We'd love to speak with you and see if the program's a good fit. And if it's not, hey, no harm, no foul. At least you checked it out. And if it is, then you can move forward and literally your life could change forever. So the link is in the show notes. Book a call uh, while they're available. And in the meantime, guys, have an amazing day. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Hey everybody, it's Sathya again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. I wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about a free ebook that I wrote for you called The Ultimate Guide to Porn Recovery. It provides a basic framework for the recovery process and a few of my top tips completely free of charge. You can get it now at www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. That's www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. Now, if you've been impacted by the podcast, and you wanna show some support in less than 60 seconds, there are three ways you can do that. First, you can leave a rating or review on your podcast platform. This lets people like you know that the content here is valuable. Secondly, you can share this episode with someone in your life that might benefit from the content. If you're passionate about helping other people experience freedom and success in their lives, this is one of the easiest ways to do that. And lastly, you can subscribe. I personally only listen to the podcast that I subscribe to. If you're seeking daily encouragement, guidance, and insight in your recovery journey, I highly recommend subscribing to Unleash the Man Within. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon.
The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast by Cynthia Sam and his guests are for general information only and should not be considered medical, clinical, or any other form of professional advice. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk.